Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with Sasha Plitnikov. If you didn't see it, which I don't know how you couldn't have, but UFC 255, he makes his UFC debut. In the first fight of the card, he gets performance of the night. They win their fight of the night. He gets an extra 50K to go on top of his purse. And it was a rock solid fight. And it's a really good way to kick off the um, big pay-per-view for the month. So Sasha, thank you so much for uh, taking some time. Uh, to be able to talk about this and talk about your kind of career so far, but more importantly, how are you feeling right now? Uh, I'm feeling good, man. Um, you know, it's uh, it's been a few days, been able to digest everything that happened on Saturday, but honestly, what, you know, going online and reading all the comments and people saying that I was in such a war to come out feeling as good as I do, uh, it's amazing. No injuries, uh, just a couple of black guys that um, which were my own doing after watching that fight. Uh, I put myself in a situation, but uh, otherwise from that, just really happy with how everything turned out and um, feeling great and just ready to keep that ball rolling. Yes, sir. I mean, I feel like black guys are just kind of par for the course at this point, <laughs> you know? Um, That's part of the job. <laughs> right. So let's talk about that debut. So of course, uh, if you, Lob, you talked about this a lot um, after the fight. You, know, you were on IG for a little bit. We talked about this some more. Um, you enter this fight as a plus 400 underdog on this one. A lot of people kind of down you. A lot of people not really putting much uh, kind of weight behind you um, in this. Of course, you only signed on to the roster a couple weeks in advance of this. Um, and then you go out there. You win in TKO fashion in the third. Of course, you get the five night, like we said. And so what, what was that whole thing like? What was it like being, uh, I, I guess, kind of underestimated? And what was it like um, going out there, improving everyone wrong and being able to really show up in your first fight? Um, I mean, yeah, definitely hearing uh, that I was the underdog, it, it did surprise me a little bit um, to be like that big an underdog. Um, and it was funny because, like, you know, usually, you know, this whole moment, I was just trying to kind of stay in my own little bubble and just make sure I was focused on the fight, didn't want any uh, outside distractions per se. But, uh, you know, my dad actually was sending me videos of like random YouTubers uh, making their predictions, bet predictions for the fights. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was like bored and just had some downtime. This was literally like two or three days before the fight. Um, you know, I was trying to make, you know, getting ready to make weight. And, you know, he's like, oh, did you see these videos? And like, I don't think he really understood kind of like that I didn't want to hear this right now, but yeah. maybe it was a blessing in disguise. And, you know, I, I definitely like was like, okay, let me check this stuff out. And I was like, holy smokes, these guys are really writing me off. And uh, it's just one of those things, man. Like when you get told that you can't do something or you're not going to be able to do something and you just want to de defy the odds. And, um, you know, it gave me definitely that added motivation. Uh, and, and plus I had so many people in my corner telling me that like, oh, we were going to win big this weekend. So um, I couldn't let them down. And, you know, I definitely took that in there with, uh, with like a little bit of weight on my shoulders. But at the same time, that weight was right behind that right hand that eventually put him out. So I think it all came together perfectly uh, in the end. And Hey, keep giving me that underdog, and we're gonna keep winning money. So that's all that we need. <laughs> hey, I'm okay with it. If you want to say underdog, I'll keep them throwing money at you from now on, and we'll just both <laughs> be winning. Obviously, you take home a little bit more, but I would say you might be a little more deserving of that cash, considering you're the one uh, fighting in the cage in front of millions of people. Yeah, I mean it's okay. As if we at the end of the day, it's like we're a team, man. If we all ride in, and if you're riding money on me and we win, we all win. So that's great for me. Yes, sir. And then I think one of the biggest parts, you kind of hit on this too. Of course, not many people would kind of 
assume this just from appearance, but you're actually born, raised in Hong Kong, and you became the first UFC fighter to be able to represent that Hong Kong flag. And so what was that whole kind of process like? What what was that kind of responsibility almost like? Um, you? you know, it's uh, obviously a unique one, especially for someone who might not know too much about Hong Kong or, or that side of the world. So people I know people on social media were like, what? This guy is from where? Um, but you know, if you dig a little deeper, hopefully I can share some insight into it now. I mean, I was born and raised there. Um, my mother is Scottish. My father, my father is Russian. Um, and they ended up in Hong Kong uh, due to work. My father was a high diver and um, professional world champion, Olympic. You know, he was a phenomenal athlete, still is. And, um, and yeah, along came me and my sister and that was home. We had no choice in the matter. That's where we <laughs> were born and raised. And, uh, um, you know, I love Hong Kong. It's, um, it's one of the most unique places on this planet. And I would always recommend anyone if they get an opportunity, you know, bar COVID to, to visit, I would always say go and check it out. It's just very unique place, beautiful city. And, um, you know, I represented uh, Hong Kong in, in junior levels and, and even as an adult in, in rugby. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's always been home. I don't know any other thing. So once I was fully focused into uh, MMA and, and, and wanted to be eventually in the UFC, I was like, this is something that I want to do. Uh, this is a goal I want to accomplish. I won my first world title, um, you know, uh, in 2019. So that was a bit of history that I first made for Hong Kong. And, mm -hmm. you know, that felt good. That was like that first initial step. And I'm like, okay, we've done it regionally. Now let's get into the UFC. I mean, that's going to be a, a, a definite check in the box and, um, you know, we did that this this weekend, and, and not only did we go in there and get a win, we got, you know, we had a good fight, we had a good performance, and, um, you know, the, the goals are, are to keep checking boxes, and um, I know what I'm capable of in the UFC and, and, and what the, uh, and the forecast of the welterweight division in the future, I know what I can accomplish in it, so, you know, just keep keep tracking, keep watching what's going on, and you'll see that um, these boxes are going to keep getting ticked as we go, and um, should be pretty fun, pretty, pretty, pretty fun journey as we go, and, you um, yeah, just, just living in it, just keep working, and that's all we got to keep doing. Yes, sir. I mean, it, it has to be really cool. Maybe you see yourself kind of like a trailblazer, kind of paving the way for more um, fighters from Hong Kong built to make their way to the UFC. Of course, we have Chinese fighters. Um, that's not necessarily the same. We have Japanese fighters. We have all these people from kind of the, the Asian um, kind of side of the world. But Hong Kong specifically, it's cool to get that going, especially Dana White has his version of the Contender Series in Asia. Um, you think – you might be able to lead the way for more fighters eventually to come from? I mean, absolutely. I mean, I know the core guys that are training out of Hong Kong. Um, you know, there's young guys, amateurs and pros that are currently working day in and day out to, uh, you know, to fulfill their dream. And, um, you know, if I could be a pioneer for Hong Kong or, or, or put Hong Kong on my back and at least motivate young, young athletes to, you know, keep pursuing it, because like you just said, there's opportunities that will come. Obviously, right now, this year, it's been difficult, especially on the smaller shows. But um, if, if a shot like Asia, Asia's Contender Series popped open, and uh, that would be a huge opportunity for some of those guys. And I, I truly feel like there are um, individuals that will make a blast uh, onto that scene, and people are going to see them. And um, I'm looking forward to it. And I speak to them almost on a daily basis, you know, just tell them they you know, keep their head down, keep working. And, you know, they're super proud and excited that I'm, I'm, I'm where I am right now. But at the same time, they, they're still chasing it. They're just as motivated as, as, uh, as anyone would. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping in the next maybe year, if, depending on how things go uh, in the world, but in the next year or two, you'll start to see a couple other Hong Kong names pop up and 
hopefully they're going to reference me as the first and, 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 you know, we always train together and um, it'd be cool, you know, to reunite in, in, in the PI or, or to see each other on, on the same card, something like that would be amazing, you know? That'd be fantastic. That, that's super exciting stuff that you're um, kind of paving the way for. Of course, the production team over there at the UFC might have to be getting used to you now. Of course, uh, didn't really have the proper kind of flag in your whole kind of intros and, and, and kind of decals and stuff like that. Hopefully, they'll be able to change it because, of course, uh, Hong Kong is its own place, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, there. Yeah, I mean, Hong Kong. We, you know, we have IOC representation. We represent Hong Kong in the Olympics, mm-hmm. but there are different, you know, different factors and. There are individuals, for example, I have a very close friend of mine who's uh, who's one of the best uh, CrossFitters in, uh, in in Asia, uh, also Hong Kong born as myself, represented Hong Kong, and uh, he has he he flies the China banner because they don't consider Hong Kong a representation of CrossFit. It happens, you know, but uh, at the same time, when they read this profile, they see where he's from, they understand, and if if people like ourselves can, um, you know, give give information or, or share knowledge to people so that they understand and. Who knows? Things will change. Uh, maybe I need to get a couple more uh, fight of the nights or knockouts to kind of change change things up a bit. But um, it'll come. And and, and with time, because I'm I saw the reaction. People were just shocked. They couldn't believe you know the name, the, the way I look, the where mm. where I'm apparently from. So hopefully over time, more more fans, more people will tune in and kind of understand and see. Oh, this guy's uh, this guy's got an interesting story, but also um, you know he's from an interesting place. And uh, let's let's respect that and learn a bit about it because. Uh, like I said, uh, information and knowledge is power, and the more you have it, the better you'll be. So, one hundred percent. The course made that's just another uh, another wall to break through with that. Um, but let's kind of um, you're speaking into it briefly. Let's kind of describe kind of your your journey that you took to the UFC. You mentioned you are a former AFC middleweight champion. Um, you're born and raised in Hong Kong, like you said. Um, you uh, then you've recently moved closer to the Vegas area, so you can be a little more prepared uh, to be called on to the UFC roster if a opportunity presents itself. Like, of course, it did a, a couple weeks ago. You've had background in this. You've been to the states. You went to a uh, Buffalo University. You've trained in Florida, and so um, what was this like? How did this whole kind of journey transpire? What initially got you into MMA in the first place? Um, so I started in martial arts at the, it was the first, I guess, sport I ever did. As a kid, I was five years old. Uh, I had a lot of energy and my parents just wanted me, I guess, out of the house for a couple hours or, or doing something with my time that would, uh, when I come home, I would shut up basically. <laughs> so, um, you know, karate back then, back in the day in Hong Kong was, uh, I hated it. It was something I, I, I did not enjoy doing, especially at that age. And, you know, it was very disciplined and you can't mess around and I was the opposite. So it took a couple of years for me to kind of get over that, that, that uh, hump, but eventually, uh, you know, something I fell in love with and I was, you know, immersed in the culture of karate and competing uh, in Southeast Asia. And, you know, I, I'm a competitive kid. So just the ability to compete against other kids in front of other people just seemed to be something that I was drawn to or something I enjoyed doing. And, uh, uh, but but again, all my friends at school were all team players. They all played, you know, basketball, soccer, rugby, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's team sports. And then I was off by myself kind of doing karate. So I kind of gravitated more to where my friends were and stopped, you know, so much competing in karate at the age around 12 and just like immersed myself in rugby. And that was like my new passion and, and you know, kind of took a bit of a, a break from martial arts per se. But at the same time, during off seasons and stuff, I'd be 
you know, doing Muay Thai burners, just getting in and fighting other people in other gyms just because it was fun and just doing it to stay in shape and mm-hmm. get ready for the rugby season, stuff like that. And then um, I, uh, I moved to Montreal, Canada to start my university. And uh, I was I just finished playing rugby professionally in Russia. And I was actually uh, my first ever pay-per-view. I'd seen UFC fights before, but this was like George St. Pierre versus Matt Serra, like the rematch in Montreal, huge fight. And like, I hadn't seen, like, I'd never been a place where like, you know, the hometown guy, he's the hero. Like everyone's talking about him during fight week. Like he's the man. And I'm like, whoa, like I want to watch this. So watch the fight. And I remember sitting there, I was with a bunch of football buddies in an apartment. We're watching the fight. And I was just thinking to myself, striking's like pretty good, but I'm not that impressed. Like that's literally how I thought. I was like, I could do that, you know? But then like the ground, you know, aspect came and I was like, okay, well, that's a whole different world. Um, But I was like, I think I can do that. Then I started to be even more, you know, more and more into watching the UFC and, and kind of following it a bit. But, but football was still on my mind, but I still was very, I was a big fan. I was watching it. I was, you know, I still am. I've been a fan since I was a kid. So um, finally, I, I went to TriStar, like on a two-week trial. They had like some offered some free uh, from free classes. And in the summertime, I went and, you know, went with a friend and trained out there and saw George and was like, oh, I'm bigger than him. And, you know, like, I was like, oh, maybe like this is something I can do, like. So I was like kind of interested in trying jujitsu and, and it just didn't happen for about, I would say a year and a half. And then eventually I made my way over to the States and um, I was trying to pursue, uh, you know, division A, division one, a football. I was trying to get, get, get going in football. And uh, I, I made this big uh, switch over to a sport I'd never played before, but I had a big, big boot on me. I could punt. And, um, okay. and there was people very interested in that. And uh, so that was something that I was looking at and, mm-hmm. At the same time, I also didn't feel very fulfilled because just kicking a ball and then going sit, standing on the sideline had been a, a big change to what I was used to. And um, yeah. you know, I'm action packed. I like to I like to have fun. So rugby is a badass sport too. So I can't imagine you're you're constantly going rugby. I, that's one of my favorite sports. Um, oh yeah, one on the more international level. And so obviously, I'm sure you're kicking. Uh, you got quite the leg on you if you're a punter. You're probably making some pretty nice goals out there on the rugby field too. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I was a kicker in rugby. Uh, I did. I, you know, I, I did it all, and uh, it was such a fun sport because you're doing something. You're attacking. You're defending. You're kicking, passing. You know, it's it's a great sport. You know, and uh, but um, you know, the football was kind of like you know, it wasn't really going my way. It was very competitive. Very, you know, it was diff- it's difficult. Everyone's trying to get in the NFL, so I kind of just started to start to navigate, try to find a gym that maybe had like an MMA program or, or or grappling program, and I found this gym in Buffalo. It was called Buffalo Training Center um and a professional fighter he owned it it was a very nice facility and he introduced me to jiu-jitsu for the first time gi and um i went into that class and i was a big boy i was probably like walking around 230 240 at the time you know had no cardio um you know football was just all my focus is being powerful and explosive and Mm -hmm. so they went in there and they're like man you should try jiu-jitsu and i went in and you know, I was kind of like, I don't really want to roll on the ground in pajamas, to be honest with you. Like, I never really had seen anything like that before. And, you know, he convinced me. I went in, I tried the class, and I had like a little small blue belt take my back and throw in a choke. And next thing you know, I was, you know, I was obsessed with the sport. I was like, this is amazing. Like, I couldn't believe that someone so small had that ability to do something like that to me. And I wanted to learn it. And then um, it wasn't like automatically like, oh, I'm going to fight. It's just like, I just want to learn this stuff. Like, it's good to know. You never know. So, I put about six months uh, learning jujitsu and got, I was training like three, four times a day. I was so obsessed. And uh, 
And then I was training with, uh, with athletes who were fighting and, you know, I would go and watch their fights. They would be successful. They would win. And they would be like, man, you should fight. You should, you know, do some amateur fights. And I'm like, nah, like, I don't know. And, and then finally one day the coach, like, I think I was helping somebody get ready for a fight. And, uh, mm -hmm. and I think I, I think I, I dropped him or something like that. And then the coach was like, man, like we should be getting you ready for a fight. Well, you know what I mean? And I was like, all right, let's do it sort of thing. And, uh, you know, I fought an amateur fight in, uh, in Buffalo and upstate New York. And, mm -hmm. you know, back then it was illegal in the state of New York. So we had to be on the Indian reservation and they'd have these good events, these cool events. And, um, you know, I went out there and I, I finished the guy in the first round. I think it was like 36 or 46 seconds uh, finish. And after that, I was like, maybe, maybe this is something that I can do, you know, I, who knows? So that kind of started my amateur career. And then, um, and then my whole goal after that was like, okay, I have to be good on the ground. I have to be able to wrestle so I can keep it standing. And um, that's kind of like, you could, it was kind of funny. You could see that in the fight. Like, uh, you know, I was just defending takedown after takedown just mm -hmm. because usually when I'm, uh, when I'm striking with people, they just find, they just get uncomfortable and, and they don't feel so they can, uh, can win there. So it was just something that I was like, okay, in my mind, if I can create that and uh, I'll be a very, very difficult fighter to fight. And, you know, it's been a long-term project, but um, I, I left Buffalo, went back to Hong Kong and, um, had a very hard time getting fights in Asia because, um, you know, being at 170 pounds is like, it's like being like a heavyweight in Asia. There's a lot of smaller guys, you know, so finding that fight was very difficult. Um, and, uh, I was a huge fan of the black zillions back then. Mm. And, um, my whole thing was like, I didn't know yet if I was at that level. So I was like, the best way to figure that out was to go and train with the best and see if I could hang with them. So I was in Hong Kong working and, and saving some money and, and was finally like, all right, I'm going to go out to Florida and, and just show up. Basically, I didn't have any contacts there at the time. I was just like, I'm going to show up, just be like, hey, this is my name. This is me. Like, can I come train sort of thing? And pretty much worked out that way. I showed up. And at that time, I believe the Ultimate Fighter, uh, American Top Team versus the Black Zillions was airing. Mm. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like, I'll watch this and see, like who the better athletes are, who, who's the better team. And at that time I went with the Black Zillions just because they had less numbers. Mm -hmm. so maybe I could get more attention and, um, you know, showed up there and, you know, they gave me a couple weeks training with their amateurs and, you know, smoked them a little bit and then got invited over to the pros. And that's when I was like, all right, right straight into the gauntlet. And, um, and then, you know, it was tough. And, and, but at the same time, like I, I had what it took to stay with these, stand with these guys. And, you know, Kamaru at that time, it just signed with the UFC and, yeah you know, and, and then I was working with Gilbert, you know, just all, every, everyone that's now starting to be a big star in the UFC or, or in other promotions, like they're now making that. I mean, I was just there with them at the same time. And, and now was, you're right behind them too, which is perfect. Exactly. Um, you know, and I'm just obviously my demographic where I'm from is a little, little shadowy because nobody doesn't really know it, but what about what better place to get my name out than, than in the UFC and, and putting on a performance like that. But, um, you know, uh, I just always was kind of like that guy that was just doing it on his own. I never had like management or support. Mm -hmm. My, my professional debut, uh, I took a fight at, uh, on short notice at 185 pounds, but the guy came in at 209 pounds. Um, I, that's a little more than like a Mike Perry miss. That's, that's a just a little bit, um, <laughs> just a tiny bit. And, um, you know, I took the fight because my mindset at that moment was like, Oh, if he can't make, we uh, can't make weight. He's mentally weak which he was, but at the same time, that weight does play a role. Yeah. Um, you know, I dropped the guy in the first round with a body shot and then the you know, ref said it was a low blow. 
kind of dumped my dumped my load a little bit after that. And then we got into a grappling exchange and he just laid on top of me and the ref stopped it off some like petty little hammer fists. But hey, that's that was my first loss. And I was like, okay, um, you know, not a great start. But uh, at the same time, I was like, I got to pick my fights better or at least get myself with the manager. So it was funny. I went back to Hong Kong uh, uh, with my with my with my girlfriend and we were just there on vacation. And that's where I actually met my current striking coach, uh, Matt, Matthew Polino, science striking. And uh, he he was like, man, we can get you a fight in Hong Kong. Like, uh, just make sure you're ready to set the other. So usually what happens is when Hong Kong has MMA events, it's like a feeder feeder ground for like mm -hmm. up and coming Koreans and Japanese, like up and coming big names out of there. They come and send them out to like Hong Kong and Philippines just to build their record a little bit. So usually they'll get pretty, uh, pretty easy fights when they come out. Mm -hmm. and uh nobody knew who I was like I just spent like maybe last four or five years out of Hong Kong I wasn't really training in Hong Kong at all so nobody knew what my abilities were so they matched me up with uh, the 2017 world combat samba world champ he went out to Russia from Korea and just demolished everyone in the 82 kilo division just killing dudes and I was like okay this is what I'm talking about like this guy is like got credentials and he, he's a beast he was 1-0 at the time um, I believe after fighting me, he's been, he's on a five fight win streak. So the guy was, the guy is legit. So I starched him in the second round. And at that time, like I said, I didn't have management. His manager came and approached me and he said, Hey, do you have management? Would you be interested? Maybe we can get you fights in Korea. I said, man, this is what I've been looking for. Any opportunity to fight. If you can get me fights, let's do it. So I signed with him the next day. Um, and from there, that's what gave me my entry into uh, Korea. So I went and fought in Korea, made my debut out there, uh, won that fight, you know, pretty convincingly against a kickboxer that was 27 and one, mm -hmm. um, you know, this, it was his like, I think fifth fight. And, um, and then not long after that, they offered me a title fight against one of their guys coming back from injury and smashed him for five rounds, which was great experience. And, um, and then, um, I was like, cool. Like they have the, their number one middleweight in Korea. He's, uh, I think he's like 23 and 13 you know experience he's got wins over UFC vets so I was like man that's the fight I want that's the kind of thing I need on my record to go to the UFC that's what I want to want to get on there so unfortunately like it just never came and I don't know why I guess you know COVID came and, and he's fighting now for the interim belt and now I guess he, I'm the former champ so he's gonna be fighting for the middle so it doesn't really matter anymore but at that time I got a I was doing a training camp in Ukraine and uh, that's when I got my first call up um for UAE Warriors to fight Munir Lazez. Mm -hmm. And um, they called me on five days notice. And they said, look, man, I didn't even have fight shorts for the fight. I had, you know what I mean? Like I didn't even have my cup. I didn't have nothing. I just went out there for a boxing camp. So, but they were like, they offered me, you know, good money. And at the same time, I was like, this is the opportunity I'm looking forward to get into another mm -hmm. promotion. I'm helping them out. They need a guy. So I was like, let's do it. So I booked my, they booked my flight from the Ukraine, from Kiev straight to um, Abu Dhabi. And the crazy thing is like, for those that don't know, this was literally just pretty much a year ago, back in October, 2019. Correct. So it's super recent, which is yeah. kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. And, um, and yeah. And basically I just showed up in Abu Dhabi, my best friend and, and my pad holder, Matt, uh, science striking he I was like dude what you doing he's like oh I just came back from vacation with my girl I was like you want to jump on a plane and come to Abu Dhabi he's like let's do it so like you know everything was just strung together last minute and like I had a torn meniscus already I had this surgery already scheduled in Las Vegas 
Um, but I just took the fight anyway because I was like, the money was good. And I honestly thought that this guy was a striker. Like, I, I, I know Munir. I've watched all his fights. Mm-hmm. He's never gone for the takedown. And I was having issues wrestling and grappling. That was what the issue was with my knee. But striking-wise, I was feeling good. Um, so I was like, if we can get into a strike up, just only strike and fight, like I can beat this guy. I really, I really felt that going into the fight. And, um, you know, we went into the fight. It was, it was, it was a good experience. I loved, I loved it. The whole, the whole, um, you know, the whole show, the promotion UA Warriors is really good. Um, but, uh, going into that fight, man, you know, my footwork is something that I pride myself on and I can tell already that I had, um, I had Munir very, very antsy, very uneasy in that fight. And he was the one who shot on me straight away. Um, which again, I told you is, is inevitable when I fight anyone, they shoot on me. So, yeah. um, you know, that caught me off guard and, you know, we caught, we, we, we created scramble, go back to our feet. We both rocked each other. Um, I took his back. And then as soon as, um, we, we started working on the ground, I just didn't, I didn't have any strength in my legs and, um, you know, he, he turned position and, and it was weird because, um, in my career, it says I've been TKO twice. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't been hurt once in a fight. I have never been hit to the face and damaged. I've never been. I mean, the closest I got hurt yeah. was this past weekend. And well, of course, uh, there's little kind of those, questionable shots in the back of the head. But, yeah, you know, to take about 17 of those and still keep going. And uh, um, and, and that fight, uh, Munir was uh, in my half guard and he was landing some ground and pound through my arms. Um, you know, he landed a couple of elbows that kind of went through to the side. And I was just all I was I was just hanging out, you know, just like, OK, I'm losing this round. 12 seconds to go. Let's just, you know, put that away and yep. come out in the second round. And the next thing you know, the ref steps in and stops the fight. I look at him like, what just happened? My ref, my corner's like, dude, you were fine. What's going on? So it was just one of those uh, situations where town officiating you know, kind of stuff. I mean, you know, it, it, hometown guy, you know, whatever it is, I, I, I didn't really complain at the time. I didn't want to make a fool of myself, but after watching the fight and, 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 you know, thinking about it a little bit, I was like, Oh, that's strange. But at the same time, it kind of, put a blemish on my record that actually worked in my favor um coming in like I said if those losses weren't there maybe it would have changed my money line maybe it would have changed everything going in but you know Munir did very well in his uh UFC debut as as a lot of people are aware mm-hmm. and that's a fight that 100% that I will be um running back um awesome. if he wants to take it uh, of course that's in his <laughs> the ball's in his court but I would love to run this back on a on a camp full camp and who knows, we might even cross paths one day in the contender, uh, getting into that top 15 contender. So it's, it's going to be inevitable. Um, mm-hmm. And there'll be a little bit of backstory behind it. And hopefully we'll get to fight in my backyard, backyard here in Vegas. Um, but again, that's, uh, that was the situation there. And again, I kind of went rambled on uh, of, of the career. But yeah, that was kind of how everything, you know, in a three-year span went from 2017 until now in the, the end of 2020 and, and being in the UFC. It really is quite remarkable how much happened within those few years. I'm sure it's just been kind of like a, a whole kind of whirlwind so far, and everything's just moving at 100 miles per hour. Is it Absolutely. hard to keep up? <laughs> is, is it weird to look back and only like a few years ago, I was over here, and now I'm in the UFC, and I've made it to to what, or at least what can pe- most people consider is making it, and you've you've done this. Is what's that kind of like to think about? Um, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a cool feeling because, you know, when you set goals, you want to accomplish them. So to accomplish it, I mean, I personally thought this was going to happen maybe in like six months from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I needed like a couple more wins on my record. But, um, but Lewis, you know, Lewis uh, had four, four current UFC fighters turn down a fight with him. Um, if there's one thing on my MO is I don't turn down fights no matter who they are. Um, it doesn't matter what they've done or what they've accomplished. There is a puzzle and I can solve 
most puzzles. So um, it, we're all humans, unless I'm fighting some like alien that's maybe a little bit different. But <laughs> most people that we fight, we're, we're, we all bleed bread. We're all, we're all humans, so we can all be beaten. And um, so it was interesting for me that he had such, uh, so many people not want to fight. And uh, when I got that call up, it took me about three seconds and I already said yes, didn't even ask who the opponent was. So does it? (laughs) It doesn't, you know, if you, if you're a fighter, you fight, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what they've accomplished, what they've done. And um, it seems like between the guys I've talked to, especially most recently, uh, Justin JNT made his debut UC Vegas uh, um, back in, I think it was UC Vegas three back in June. He won in 40 seconds in his debut. And he almost has the same mentality that um, you have been displaying. It's that whole, if we want to name a name, it'd be that Don Cerrone kind of mentality. Anyone, anywhere, anytime. And I, I do you uh, kind of share the same sentiment that he's kind of changed the mindset for all these new up-and-coming fighters? Has he kind of set the tone in, in, to perform in this certain way and to act in this certain way? Um, You know, I don't know because – when I was growing up, when I was, you know, starting off in my MMA career here in uh, 2016, like uh, in, in Florida, I thought, man, like everyone was down to fight everybody. You know, this is like America. Everybody wants to fight. They're all tough. And then I found out it wasn't the case necessarily. Uh, you know, a lot of people, they, they give a certain image or they speak a certain way and they want you to think something. But then when you get to the negotiating table, everything kind of changes. I mean, I went eight. I had eight fights in a 16 month span that fell out due to people not not showing up to the weigh-in um this is for a professional fight uh people pulling out you know days before so in my mind i was thinking okay maybe this is never ever gonna happen but it all depends where you are and you know the united states is a huge country and um you know there are people there are tough people everywhere and uh you know sometimes you're gonna cross paths with people that are that just have that mindset i mean someone like sean strickland for example uh He's a, he's a training partner of mine. And, guy you're supposed you know, to corner. Uh, and then you got the little Rona, of course. Yes. That whole deal. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was hoping like getting to corner Strickland would give me kind of like that insight into the lights of the UFC, you know, warm me up. But it was, you know, two weeks later that I got to do it myself. And he's a prime example. I mean, like that guy is a is a professional fighter. He'll fight anyone, anywhere. He doesn't care. And, and, and I've just always had, like I said, I've had that mentality from a kid. Like you show up, you get off a plane and, in Malaysia and you show up to a tournament, you don't even know who you're, you're, you're fighting. You don't even know their name. You can't even say their name. So you just show up and you're like, oh, that's the guy. Okay. And then maybe afterwards you find out, oh, that guy won like 46 fights in a, in a row. And you're like, oh, sick. You know, like, that's great. You know, but, it, but if you go in there, you're like, oh my God, like his Instagram shows, he kicks hard. Maybe I shouldn't take that fight. You know, maybe it's, it's almost just, better in a way to not know kind of like what you're going up against in some cases, because you know, the, the mind's uh the mind's kind of a, a piece of crap sometimes when it comes to like kind of beating yourself up and defeating yourself beforehand. Whereas yep. if you don't know how bad something can be, you it's almost like a blissful ignorance in the way where you just go you and you go handle business and that's what you've been describing that you do most of the time. For sure. I mean, again, mental mental game is like one of the most important. You know, you can look great physically in the gym, you can look amazing every time you step step on that mat but if you're not there mentally if you're not aware and you're not focused nothing is going to be success everything is going to be doubt and um you know my mindset is like I think I said in my interview is one of my biggest strengths I've been working on it for years and I don't doubt I don't doubt my ability I don't doubt anything that I do everything is really in my control and like I said every puzzle that I come to face in the ring is something that I come to solve and 
you know, and I feel like my my abilities to do that translate very well for the audience and, and for people that watch me. And, and you'll see it's something that I've prided myself on. I'm a big chess player. I'm, I'm someone that likes strategy. I like to think. And if I'm in the cage showing no emotion and I'm relaxed and comfortable and just doing what I usually do, it usually transpires into a pretty brutal knockout or something that just ends up, ends up being very entertaining for the fans. And, you know, like I said, not a lot of people watch me, uh, you know, leading up to my, this point in my career, which was, which is cool. But at the same time, it's like, wow, now they've got so much to uh, look forward, look forward to when, uh, when I get back in there. So exactly. If, if people didn't know your name before Saturday, they 100% do now. And, and I kind of want to talk about um, what you're kind of alluding to. You're, you're very smart fighter. You have a high fight IQ, um, smart inside and outside the octagon. And that kind of carries into something we spoke about before is, uh, your your father's Russian, your mom's Scottish, born in Hong Kong, and this whole kind of mix of stuff. You you've been again, you've been in Russia, you've been in the states now, and so what has all that been like, dude? Uh, and being, um, you show I saw your skills on on Instagram. You can speak a little Russian. I know you're saying it wasn't the best, but you also threw out the Cantonese, which really is even more impressive with that. But has this all kind of being being kind of this international kind of guy having all these experiences in all these different countries and cultures has that kind of transition to your fight game has that helped mold you into kind of maybe just becoming a better all-around person all-around fighter absolutely um you know if there's one thing that i can uh you know benefit my parents it's uh giving me the exposure of tons of culture and experience i mean um, I'm super fortunate. I don't come from a, like, a, I mean, maybe mo most people think I'm like some sort of super wealthy guy, but my dad, uh, my dad worked very hard and, 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 you know, money was not something that he, that he had. So he had to work very hard, especially as a diver. He was an entertainer, kind of like myself, a performer. Um, but, you know, they taught me a lot of lessons at a young age and, you know, respect everyone that you meet and, and just be open, you know, like learn, open to learn, ask questions. And, uh, Sometimes I was that annoying kid that would always ask questions and maybe get beat up by older people for asking them, but it was always something that stuck with me and, and being able to learn and, and, and just take in information and just put it in your back pocket because you never know who you're going to meet and who you're going to come across. And I found, uh, you know, if anything, you're going to meet people that you would never expect to meet in the most random places. And if you're like, oh, you know, I've been here or, or I've heard about that. And, you know, those things kind of not only make them feel comfortable because they're kind of talking about something that they know so much about, and that you're interested in knowing about it. And that's how you network. And, you know, I've always just been about trying to be a positive influence. And it's not just fighting, but just as a person, just having good relationships with people. And uh, you never know where it can go. Just be nice. And, you know, it doesn't matter where you're from, what you look like, what you do. It's all about how you act as a person. If you're coming at me aggressively or, or in a rude way, then like, obviously, we're probably not going to get along in some way. But at the same time, like, I'm always there to just kind of you know, if anyone has a question or, or, or just, you know, has some information that they want to share, like I'm always open ears. And, and that's the beauty of being in the sport of martial arts, because I'm forever growing. I'm always getting better. Like I've already spoke, like I've watched my fight over and I'm like, oh, dude, I got hit too many times. Like I could have gone through that fight and not get hit at all. Like that's how I truly felt. So there are certain aspects that I'm already like, I need to work on this. I need to work on that. And I know I, I just feel like that's like a benefit for me that I've had my whole life. Maybe when I was younger as, a, you know, 18 years old, I was kind of like, I know everything. I'm the man, you know, but, but I took that, I took that ego and threw it away, especially once I started to get more back into martial arts again as, a, as an adult. And, uh, 
and was just willing to listen and just learn and just kind of go through experiences that, you know, that you might at that moment think suck. But then when you look back on it, you're like, I'm really glad I did that because I'm a better man because of it. And, um, you know, I can, I can definitely share my stories and wisdoms with people who might need it. So yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I just try to stay as open-minded as possible and just see what the world has in store for me. <laughs> the world's a crazy place. Like, I mean, I want thing. I mean, of course, everyone has the ability to, but if you do, it's really good to be able to travel to different countries, to be able to embrace different cultures. Like I know I was super lucky in high school, I was able to travel to Osaka, Japan. I was over awesome. kind of a year in the neck of the world as an exchange student for, for about a month. Awesome. And so, yeah, no, my Japanese sucks now, though. <laughs> Even when I did travel, it was not very good. But yeah, that's the thing. It's hard with like a lot of Asian languages. It just speaks so fast. Like, <laughs> yes. It's, like, it's hard, man. Languages are not easy, um, especially when you get punched and stuff. You know, your, your brain's a little bit out of it. No, but like. But do you, you ever just, accidentally, like in your brain, you started speaking English and going to your Russian on accident, a couple screws loose with that? Yeah, I mean, like, especially when I'm like in training and I'm hitting pads or, or something like that, and I'm just in that state of flow. Sometimes I'll just start swearing in Russian, and my, my coaches are like, wait, what did you say? And I'm like, don't worry about it. Like, you know, it just kind of, you know, wires cross, but. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things. It's nice to have. I mean, I, I, there, if there's one thing, if there's one thing that I wish uh, I could have, I can improve right now, it's my, it's my Russian. Um, I, I was very, very, you know, I wouldn't say fluent, but I was very good back maybe 10 years ago when I was living there, when you're surrounded by the speakers constantly that you so have no easier. choice, you have no choice, but to speak, you know, and you feel more comfortable in it. But I've been so far away from it. And occasionally I'll talk to my, like my dad or my grandparents, but in reality, it's like, it's not enough. And and now after like going through this fight week and a lot of Russian fans were reaching out to me, I was almost embarrassed, you know? So it's definitely uh, something that I would like to work on. Maybe after I get a couple more fights under my belt, then I can maybe get a, get a teacher or a tutor that I could put maybe some emphasis on, on learning. Uh, I think it would only, only be a benefit, but at the same time, um, even having a little bit of it is, is, is cool as well. And like you said, being able to speak a little bit of Cantonese, being a little bit able to speak a little bit of Russian here and there is, it's always a benefit. And like, if you can add languages to your kids or anything like that, I would always recommend it. You know, um, it's just, it's just, it's nice. It's nice to know it just to say arigato, you know, I'm sure, you know, just a couple words yeah. here and there is, 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 it's always a pleasure to, to have that, you know. Well, to be honest, it's kind of fun to throw people off a little bit. I know, you know. Why guy, if you throw out a bunch of like Cantonese or, or even if you just start speaking in Russian real quick, it's fun to mess with people. I know being a big white guy, uh, it, it's fun to throw out a couple sentences in Japanese, really mess with people's head, like especially when I was over there. Did not expect me uh, a little bit profiling. It's okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't blame them, but when I throw out something in Japanese and be able to like understand them, throws people off for a second. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> Absolutely. And you can sit in the elevator and pretend you don't know what they're saying, but you do. So it's always, there's always benefits to it. And then you turn around on them and say something. It's like, hey, yeah. And they're like, oh, did I just say that? You know? So I've, I've definitely had a couple of those in my day, but you know, it's That's all good. Awesome. And, and then let's uh, talk about this. One thing that we talked with uh, some of the other fighters, uh, something we like to do is just real quick call it fighter favorites. Got five things, just run through these and, and kind of the first thing that comes to your head. Okay. You ready for this? Mm -hmm. All right. Favorite food. Pizza. Pizza. Do you have a kind of favorite topping? Pepperoni and jalapeno. Love the jalapeno choice on there. Favorite <laughs> music? Ooh, 80s at the moment. I'm killing it on the 80s. I don't know if you heard my walkout song, but. Uh, oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, yeah that's that that's he very is on. I love yeah. that. <laughs> you got you. some you got some good stuff right there. I mean, it's fun to <laughs> fun to vibe to a little bit. Thank Favorite you. hobby outside of the octagon, outside of fighting. Ooh, I love sports. So I'm a huge soccer fan, uh, mm-hmm. football, as we mm-hmm. call it in the UK, football. Um, but um, I'm a Manchester. Oh, you United. can speak British too. What can't this guy do, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> Mate, accents are one of my things, isn't it? Oh, no, I'm joking. But um, but no, I, I'm a big sports fan. Like you said, you know, rugby, basketball. I love all American sports. I'm a New York sports fan. Mm. Um, you know, I support the Bills. You know, I got the Giants. I, I, I love all New York sports. Yankees, Knicks. Um, so I'm definitely big 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 sports fan and um you know when i'm not watching mma or ufc i'm watching some other sports so that's definitely i would say my hobby that's awesome uh favorite movie or tv show Ooh, that's a tough one um i'm gonna say kill bill series i'm a huge kill bill uh quentin tarantino fan um there was a there was it was very close to some uh some music from their soundtrack coming out in that walkout song It was a real close toss-up, but I'm, I'm a big Quentin Tarantino fan. Um, shout out to Nick Dearman. He's also a good friend of mine. Uh, he's a big Tarantino fan, went to film school. Um, yeah, I would say I would say the Kill Bill, you know, that that series right there was, is probably one of my favorites. It, do you think the, the kind of MMA, kind of martial arts stuff in there has something to do with it? <laughs> of course. Also, I've seen the amounts of violence. Who doesn't love that, too? I mean, come on now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> What's not to love with that? And then finally, who is outside of yourself of course who's your favorite fighter um it's a tie i'll give you two fighters okay. rafael fiziev okay um that's my kyrgyz braja and mm-hmm. uh sean strickland those two are my two favorite fighters currently love that that's what we got for you guys our fighter favorites and then kind of to uh um going to the last couple topics you were talking and now everyone saw this um video of course you can go um shout your instagram real quick uh sasha blanikoff mma and of course, I've been linked, but over on that Instagram, you're live after your flight. You just got home, all kind of stitched up, not too bruised up yet. They haven't formed, they really had the chance, but you're talking, to, you're kind of throwing a little shade at Mike Perry. Is that some guy you might be interested in fighting next? Is that, uh, would that be fun for you? Oh, absolutely. Uh, 100%. I signed that, signed that contract in a heartbeat. Um, but uh you know he made us he made a like so basically we have a window where we have to make weight yeah. and um you know most fighters you know they wake up they want to get it done as soon as possible mm-hmm. so that you're there at like 8 45 and then as soon as nine o'clock hits people are getting the ball rolling and then everybody's done by you know 9 30 9 40 and then we can get back to the process of eating rehydrating and enjoying the rest of our day yeah but um but of course you know mr perry likes to leave it you know at till 10 56 you know four minutes before he shows up shows up late you know knowing he's not going to make weight um and you know talking about on social media you know sending all this you know garbage to to means all week you know being unprofessional basically and uh you know that stuff picked that, that i mean that stuff bothers me not only because i don't really care what he does in his own time it's just more like it affects my time when you affect my time you're gonna bother me a little bit you know and um so i, I was just like come on man you know didn't, didn't, I saw him during fight week, you know, I, I held the door open for him and his, and his girlfriend and he seemed actually pretty cordial, but, um, but you know, that kind of stuff at the same time, he's in the welterweight division. I don't care what your name is. If you're, if you're ahead of me or if you fought in the UFC before I'm ready to fight you, I don't really care, but um, Mike Perry is a big name. And uh, if the UFC were ever interested in, in, in uh, making that fight happen, that'd be great. I don't know if he can even make 170, um, but 
30% sounds good too. But, uh, you know, if, if that was ever something to, to, to come to fruition, I would happily sign the, the dotted line. Um, you know, we got a few guys on the radar uh, that we've been talking about for this uh, second fight in the UFC. And mm-hmm. maybe I'm not worthy yet of his, uh, his Instagram fame, but, um, <laughs> but, you know, maybe down the road or, or you know, there, there's, there's definitely some names there that I'm sure everybody's aware, what, aware, aware of. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm going to sit down after Thanksgiving with my manager and coach, and we're going to kind of go through that short list. We got about three or four names that we're very interested in. And, uh, and hopefully the UFC will be too. We're looking maybe if something was to fall out, you know, you know, fight Island, something like that, I would jump on it. But apparently from what I understand, it's pretty, pretty booked right now. Mm-hmm. So it's looking more like late February, early March, unfortunately. Oh, uh, nice but back. That's I know. <laughs> I know I want to keep that ball rolling, uh, especially now that I'm feeling good. But at the same time, uh, coming off two weeks with that COVID, uh, it's going to give me a little bit more time to not only uh, open up my lungs this this winter. And, um, you know, I'm telling you, the polished piece that comes out in the next fight is going to be, let's just say I'm not going to have bruises under my eye like this again. So, well, if we um, saw your kind of performance on two weeks ago, this, especially after being hindered with the, with the Rona, and then you can have go from that into having a full camp. Oh man, I think we would just be in for a very special treat as fans uh, across the world. And then if we, especially if we get to see you against Mike Perry, whether it be your next fight, whether it be a little more down the road, I know that that is a fight that no one would have a problem with. I mean, we all know kind of MMA fan base, UFC fan base, a little fickle. Uh, over uh-huh. on Twitter and stuff like that. Hopefully you don't pay attention to that because <laughs> it, it's kind of my job too. So I, I, I pay attention, but I still can't see anyone disagreeing with that fight. That would be absolutely phenomenal. Oh and, no, and, for sure. And then sure. with that being said, kind of, is, is that what's next for you? Is what's next for, for, for Sasha Platonikov is this flight in kind of February and March? Is that kind of the, the best we can do? <laughs> I mean, I mean, right now, like I said, if something was to come, if someone was to fall out in the next week or two, it would definitely be something I would jump on. Um, you know, that's how I am. Like, I, if the opportunity is there, it's just literally the UFC. Their goal is to just book fights and make sure there's confirmed mm-hmm. fights for the next few months. I just fought, and again, uh, um, I'm, I guess, at the back of the the queue in the way um, to get back in there. But like I said, I, we've already, uh, we've already spoke with my manager and said, look, if there was an opportunity that came short notice, would you take it? I said, yes. Um, but I also have some personal stuff to take care of. Unfortunately, oh, no, unfortunately, don't, I don't hope my fiance heard that, but I'm going to get in trouble now. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm going to be going to France to visit um, uh, December for Christmas, December 22nd. Uh, I haven't seen her in six months, so it's it's very Im- important that I go out there and, and spend some time. But at the same time, I'm going to be out there training. Uh, I have some friends in the south of France. Uh, of course who... you do. I don't know where you don't have friends at. It seems everywhere you go, you just know <laughs> someone. <laughs> well, low-key, I'm just going to slide this in here. They're probably not going to want it, but you're about to see an up-and-coming or a new uh, – another guy that nobody knows about uh, from France, light heavyweight. Um he, he'll be coming soon. I'm pretty sure he'll be getting announced. Um, and he's a very good friend of mine and uh, Matthew Polino's uh, science striking. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm going to probably go down there and, and train with him and his, his buddies. He has a gym down there. And, you know, I, I'm, when I go on holiday, holiday doesn't mean I'm sitting doing nothing. So um, 
it's just uh, it's just going to be an awesome awesome environment just to just to get to get to see my fiance and see her family and then also be able to you know I'm a UFC fighter now in France so people are going to probably want to say what's up and 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 train so it'll, it'll be a good time and I'll spend two weeks out there and then as soon as I'm back here first week of um, of January it's going to be like let's put those uh, blinders on and let's just get to work because uh, 2021 is like I'm trying to fight four times, you know, five times if I can. So, um, you know, this is what, this is everything that I've been working for. Like I said, I've spoken to a lot of people prior to this moment and I told them, look, my record doesn't show my experience. It's weird, but you just put a one in front of my fight, my win column, just put a one there. And that should be what it is. Um, it's just, I've had so many fighters fall out and so many opportunities of people not wanting to fight me. So it's just been hard. But now when you're fighting it against the best in the world, if they're turning you down, then uh, we already know that's a big problem. So I don't think that's exactly. going to be the problem that we face anymore. And fights like Mike Perry or anyone for that matter in the welterweight division or something that um, I'm going to be taking and, and making happen uh, as soon as possible. Well, see, the overall record hardly matters. What the, the thing that we need to focus on is you're in the UFC. You are undefeated in the UFC. And, and that's the set to, to really focus on. Then exactly. Exactly. So hopefully you get the time off. You obviously deserve it. Accomplish your things. Get, go get you to see your fiance for the first time in six months. I don't think anyone is going to be mad at that. And if they are, they need to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no issue with that. And then kind of the final question that I, I want to ask you, um, Sasha, is what do you want your legacy to be? Um, that's a great question. Um, you know, for me, this whole this whole process is like um, at the same time. It's what I'm trying to accomplish, what I'm setting the goals that I want to do. But for me, uh, you know, I've I've I've, get, I've gotten messages. I've gotten people tell them tell me that I've inspired them to do certain things and, and push them in, in 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 ways that they've never thought they could imagine. And, and if I can have one percent or point one percent of an influence on somebody and, and it be positive, that's amazing. And uh, you know, uh, you know. Like I'm, I'm no, I would say I'm no perfect role model. I don't think any such person exists. I've gone through ups and downs. I've done bad things in my life. I've done great things in my life. Everyone kind of goes through that. And, 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 and if I can share my story and, and tell people kind of the, the road, the battles that I faced and, and how to overcome adversity and, and get to where you want to go. And, and if that could help inspire young minds, young fighters, athletes, just anybody that, in, in, in my opinion, would, would, would take something from it that would be like a huge, you know, it, it makes my heart feel good. Like I'm someone that likes to give back. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm considering trying to raffle off some of this, some of this gear that I fought in on the weekend so that people, uh, that people that are struggling through with this COVID and, and parents that are struggling oh, through awesome. with, you know, looking for their kids, looking after their kids. I would love to donate that kind of stuff because cool. You know, like, you know, at the end of the day, like, if you're not helping people, what's the point? You know, like, I feel like if you can give, give back to people that, you know, someone like yourself that's taking time out of their day to make this something for me, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't look like it, but you're helping me in the end and, and you're promoting me as a fighter and everyone that, that talks about me and sends me good wishes and all that kind of stuff is, it's all a positive thing that, that, that I, I consider it money in a way, you know, so if I can give back in any way, uh, you know, get, get, get some of my fight jersey or my, or my hat or, anything that people are interested in um, something that I'm definitely considering. And, you know, down the road, I would love to teach more clinics. A big goal of mine is to go back to Hong Kong and like help under underprivileged kids, just like get free lessons and training and just anything of that nature. We can sponsor them in gear, just something like that, that I can help. And uh, cause you know, when I was young, I had people helping my family and, 
you know, if I can get back, then then that's something that I would really love to do. And of course, the ultimate goal here is to be Hong Kong's first ever world champ. Yeah, put that belt around my waist, and um, you know, that's been the number one goal. So, if I can just kind of bring that champion mindset and, and, and hopefully solidify it with the belt and just kind of you know be that person for people, then that's that would be my legacy, you know. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't, that's okay too, you know. Like I aim for the stars, and if I get just below it, that's great as well. And uh, like I said, I hope I hope I can inspire other people. Like hope I can make tons of friends and, and just just kind of just have a good time through this journey because we only live once, so we might as well have fun doing it, you know. <laughs> I, I I love that so much. It, it's so cool to hear you guys be able to um, work this hard and then to realize your roots, be able to try to give back to the roots, give back to the people around you. It, it really is inspirational. And, and from all the people I've talked to, as I, um, all the professional athletes that I've had the amazing opportunity to talk to in the, in the variety of sports, no offense to them, but it always seems like the uh, the UFC guys and fighters always the, the the ones that are really just kind of kind of almost like the next level in terms of just man, it's hard to say. Maybe grounded, down to earth, kind of these these people that give everything to to everyone and to the fans. Because I mean, no other sport in the world do you go out there in in shorts and fight in a cage until someone's either unconscious or, <laughs> or you run out of time in front of millions of people. I know it's a crazy way to put it modern day gladiators, but you, between um, you guys, it always seems to be the best ones. Then with that being said, Sasha, um, we, we uh, shout out your Instagram. We uh, were able to shout out Justin Jane's uh, Twitch page. You have anything like that? Anything uh, you want us to check out? Um, yeah. Sasha Palatnikov MMA, I believe is my Instagram Palatnikov. MMA. I mean, I don't think many people have this name, so you just, you know, Sasha Kalanikov, you'll pretty much find it. But um, yeah, but um, I got a basic name, man. <laughs> that's all right, man. That's all good. You've got this beautiful, you've got this beautiful set behind you. I love oh, those flags. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Your company. That's yeah, awesome. You, man. I might have to throw up the Hong Kong one too to represent. Hey, I, I maybe I gotta send you. I'll send you one of my Hong Kong hats. You gotta give me your mailing address. Rock that. Oh, I'll 100% rock that. Honestly, I, I do love the Hong Kong flag. I'm not even just trying to like blow, blow smoke, but it's <laughs> one of the better looking flags, it, it, um, especially compared to the ones that are kind of around it. Mm-hmm. A little basic in, in terms, mm-hmm. no offense to them, but red circle on the white flag, man, that's just not going to do it. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah, you, you got to respect the Bohemia flower, you know, we got that, we got that flower power. Um, but, um, but no, man, like, I know I appreciate you uh, reaching out. And, um, you know, this is my, you're my first interview since the fight. So, you oh, know, if you want to, if you want to take first, that as something yeah. historic oh, right there. Hey, if you want to say that, I will promote the hell out of that you than that. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm down. Uh, you know, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with SCMP MMA, South China Morning Post. Um, oh, um, I was actually, that's how I was actually able to get some of my background information on you when I was doing my research on this. A great so, website. So let's shout them out too. Yes, uh, we, got, uh, we got Nick and uh, John Hyun Ko, uh, buddies of mine. We got Chris, a couple other guys. That I, I've done podcasts with them. Um, and they were like, they're my OGs. They're my day ones. Mm-hmm. And I have a thing, like I'm a very loyal person. So usually when you're the first of something, 
I'm like, we're going to have a long career together. And, and you being the first to come out of the ropes and, and get this interview straight after the fight, I think uh, that's just going to be a budding career moving forward. So you put yourself in good place. <laughs> I am very, very glad to hear that. I am not going to play one so over it. Nick, it was actually uh, the video I was watching with you. You're talking about this pre-fight. He, um, it was you guys talking. Phenomenal um, interview, by the way. So I will shout that. I'll make sure to link that one out. Um, South China Morning Post was just um, scmp.com. And of course, I'll be in the links, bios, throw that up on Twitter and, and all that fun stuff. And I was very impressed. Like, not going to lie, I, I felt a little starstruck when you replied to us that quick on Twitter. I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I try. I, I mean, that's one thing as well. Like, I got a lot of people uh, sliding into the DMs on Instagram, but it, it like goes into another folder and it's like yeah. kind of a mess. So if anyone is listening to this and they like haven't been re uh, responded to by me, I'm super sorry, but I try my best. I, I'm usually pretty good and diligent with it, especially now that like I'm getting a little bit of attention. I'm trying to at least not be that guy, you know, just ignores people, especially when you wish me like good luck and congratulations. So please don't feel like I'm being that guy. But if I haven't, you know, slide into my comments or, you know, if you want to get a little bit crazy, go on Twitter, message me. I mean, no one messaged me on Twitter. So usually those notifications <laughs> pop up pretty quickly. Um, hey, that's the way to go. I, I always yeah. try to find the, uh, the unfair. I mean, Instagram's a kind of a mess. Of course, you're verified there. Uh, the past couple of guys I've talked to uh, not verified on Twitter. So obviously we got to fix it. We got to get that check mark next to your name, make it look a little more official because you yeah. at least deserve a little check mark next to you. Oh, I have it now. It just came oh, today. Oh, yes. yes. It's official. It's yes. official. It came today. <laughs> so does that mean you're, you're famous now? Is Pretty much, famous? I guess. I'm Instagram famous. I got a blue check. Everyone's like freaking out. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like exactly. It's like, it means it's you. And I'm like, oh, okay. I like, think it I just means that you can't change your handle now. And it's <laughs> about it. So hopefully you like yours. <laughs> I mean, Sasha Platnikov MMA, you can't get any more basic than that. But, you know, hey, it's, not basic. It, it's just, it's, a, it's perfect for you. Um, so Sasha, I just want to say thank you um, again for, for taking some time out. Enjoy this. Hopefully you're able to kind of rest, recover, get some more pounds back on you, get more of that walking weight built to enjoy some food, you know? Yes, let's eat. Hey, <laughs> what was the first meal you ate? I know you got home and you didn't even eat until like you finished your Instagram. So. How about this? How about this? I give you a multiple, a multiple uh, choice Ooh, wow, question here. Quiz. Okay. All right. So okay. A, Chick-fil-A, B, Domino's. C, Chipotle, or D, Paisano's? Oh, Paisano. Oh, they got one in Vegas? Oh, nice. C. It might be, might be just a guess, but we're going back to the fire favorites. You said pizza, so can we get Domino's? Boom! Ding, ding, ding. Hey! Got it. Yep. Get with the Domino's, bro. Hey, that was the first thing I ordered. Um, you know, that pepperoni and jalapeno have me sweating, but Ooh, have you had the, the Domino? I mean, Hey, Domino sponsor us, both of us, please. Uh, <laughs> if you, if you want to, Hey, I'm a big Domino's fan since the college days, the five, five, five. Come on now. Let's shout you know that. I mean, we had Justin James. We tried to shout out his uh, love for, uh, for, for Reese's Puff cereal. We try and get that sponsorship. <laughs> we'll get you the Domino sponsorship. But speaking of which, <laughs> that jalapeno cheddar cheesy bread. Ooh, oh yes absolutely see absolutely. don't hate me i'm not a huge fan of domino's if you're talking fast food pizza i'm more of a papa john's guy but okay that cheesy bread from domino's when i'm actually like not dieting and i'm actually allowing myself to live a little bit <laughs> yeah. so oh yeah good. definitely if i'm yeah i mean 
I'm not, like I said, I'm a pretty clean eater, like 99% of the time, but like, it's something that stuck with me since college. I mean, back when I was a broke college kid, you know, spend $5, get a pizza. Um, but I don't know what it was. I mean, I think that they're so convenient in the terms of how quickly they deliver the food. It always comes hot. And, um, and I mean, it's great. I love it. You know, it doesn't. Hey, shout out Domino's. Always. Man. Hey, Domino's. You need to get in the UFC, Domino's? start referring the fighters. We eating your food, boys. <laughs> hey, maybe when you guys go back to the Venom shorts here in 2021, you maybe we start rolling out sponsorship skin. Can we get a nice Domino's logo on, on your uh, shorts? Yeah. Heck yeah. Hey, yeah, no, I'm this camera shorts. Can we can we just get hey. oh get you on the commercials? Yes. Yeah. You know, I'll deliver some dominoes. <laughs> hey, that Francis and Ganu in, in the truck of the for the Toyota um Pyres commercial. Let's get you in the driver's seat of a Domino's delivery vehicle. There you go. I'm already wearing blue right now, baby. Let's go. It writes itself, <laughs> Domino's. Not only am I ready for a sponsorship for, for both me and Sasha, of course, but I'm ready for you to put me on your marketing team because that's just where we're going. Hey, with. this guy, this guy, this guy's going places. Let's 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 get this let's get this noted. Let's tag them. Let's get viral. Let's let Domino's know. You know, let's get it going. Hey, all you viewers right now would we'll tag Domino's once once you hear this. We're going to tag Domino's. <laughs> we like we're doing Justin James. We're trying to tag Stone Cold Steve Austin because he wants to meet him. We're trying to make that happen. Let's make you become the new face of Domino's. There we point? go. Let's do it. There we go. Hey, I, I scratch my back. I, uh, you scratch my back. I scratch yours. And we're both going to eat hey. Domino's once I'm done with this stupid diet. And you're not cutting weight. <laughs> <laughs> hey man that's all that's that sounds like a great plan to me now now that we're coming into christmas time thanksgiving you know what i mean you know you guys are looking forward to it's eating about here it's about it's here one cheat day it's, in two about months here. And it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a glorious day glorious day yeah oh, i can't wait so the pi actually the beauty the beauty of this is since i've uh been signed to the ufc the pi actually oh. told me i can gain nine more pounds of muscle so if anything, I might have to accredit Domino's to the gains. So when I come out in my next fight looking even bigger and crispier, it's, it's, it's all going to be it's going to be Domino's. You know what I mean? <laughs> all right, here's the deal. Um, yeah. um, once you get every time you knock someone out, that's like a free personal pizza from Domino's for all that use like a promo code or something. There you go. If Sasha wins by KO, everyone gets a medium two topping pizza on the house. Let's go. Domino's. Call us, man. Oh. I've been trying to. Uh, maybe you can help me now. You're you're in there, but me and my <laughs> our UFC correspondent, we've been trying to make these fights happen. We're trying to get Sean Shelby on the phone. He's not picking up. Maybe you can help us out with that one now. I mean, hey, I, it's, like I said, it's all about networking. You know, we got the right people in the right place. <laughs> it can all come together. Let's just see. Let's just see. <laughs> <laughs> man, Sasha, this has been a blast. Uh, uh, I'm so happy that we're able to get this time. I mean, uh, you got a little extra sleep before we record, so it's even better. You're, you're. I, I think it worked out. Then Definitely. anyway, you know, who needs alarm to go off? Those, they're only. Bro, it worked out late. I was, I was a bit upset because I set my whole day around, you know, meeting and talking to you at six thirty. But I think if I'd come in and stayed awake at six thirty, maybe it would have been a little bit flatter. But, you know, I got, got to recharge the batteries a little bit with that nap. Oh, yeah. Woke up and was like, I didn't know where I was for like 10 minutes. And then I was like, oh, shit, oh, I got, a, I got an interview. Yeah, it was it was supposed to be like an hour, which turned into four. And then um, and then my body was like, when you wake up. 
dude, I didn't even know. I was, I was like, I'm in the UFC. I, did, I had no idea what was going on. Honestly, I was so confused. Um, but then I was like, oh, I, I and then Twitter. I mean, I, I don't even I never used Twitter until I, I just fought this weekend. I literally just started using Twitter. So I was like, oh, yeah, I, I was talking to this guy on Twitter. So I was like, I had to make sure that I was checking my messages there. I was all all over the place. It was like I got hit in the back of the head 17 times again. I was just all over the place. So Wait, are you saying that you didn't actually get hit in the back of the head 17 times in your fight? Crazy. crazy. Not today. No not today, not at today. least. Not today. But, um, but doesn't yes, unfortunately. It doesn't matter how yeah. many times you get hit in the back of the head. It only matters if you're able to land that right hook and drop him. Yeah, I mean, at the end it of the day. It loosened you up, right? A little CT. It woke me up. Warm. I was a little bit tired. I mean, I was napping before the fight. And, you know, I just need to get hit a couple times to just realize, oh, we're here. And then let me just get back into things. And, I feel like that's you know, spinning back thing. fists and elbows later, everything. I don't know back. how he didn't drop that spinning back fist. It looked like, <laughs> yeah. I, I think Paul Felder would have been impressed by that spinning back fist. And, and I mean, the noise, the noise that that thing made, uh, yeah, I was surprised as well. If it there's was, uh, anything that the empty arena kind of setting has um, done positively, it's been unreal being able to hear some of the shots that get landed. It yeah. doesn't, doesn't sound good. <laughs> yeah. In our fight, for sure. Like, I, I like like after watching it back and listening like the sound of leather hitting body is actually quite a pleasurable sound <laughs> like you're like yes good that that landed hard that's exactly what I intended um and yeah it was it was like I said it was awesome I, I'm actually really excited to fight in front of fans I, I can't even remember what that's like anymore um oh gosh well you it, what sucks is that you're people have been well, unfortunately, there wouldn't have been too many people in the arena at that time, considering you were the first fight. But for anyone that would have been there, would have been on their feet the whole time. So, but the thing is, now people are going to be that much more excited for you, that much more, um, that much higher of a anticipation for you. So, uh, of course, by then you'll be on at least the prelims, if not the main card itself, when people show up, and they'll be that so. much louder for you, and it's going to be that much for better. Sure. Absolutely. I'm excited. I mean, like I said, I was excited to get this opportunity, but now it's like, good. We got the ball where we want it to be and let's, uh, let's bounce it up the court and, uh, and dunk that shit. You know, everybody's gonna, gonna be happy with what they see and, uh, giving me that opportunity, uh, to be at a, at a better time slot, I guess you could say more viewers, um, will be, will be awesome. 100%. And, and like we're saying, Sasha, thank you so much for joining us. It, it's been a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Sasha Plenikov, the man of many languages, the man <laughs> of only bonuses. Well, if, if you want to go off of that, you have a 100% um, clip of getting bonuses in your UFC fight. So you're perfect. Can, I give, you a, can I give you another statistic? Yes, please. I have a 100% takedown. Uh, defense. Oh, no, no, not oh, oh, defense. Oh, sorry. You, you got that. Uh, he took you now. You did he take thing. me? To, oh, yeah. But did, yeah, I kind of yeah. gave it up though. Did they count that as a takedown? I, I believe check that. they did. Let's double check UFC. Uh, -huh. uh, yeah, see the statistic there. But defense, um, but those I, I landed a takedown in that fight, and I'm one for one. So I'll take that 100. percent hey, You know, wrestling. One 100 knockdown or 100. percent um tko rating he's only finished all of his ufc fights um undefeated um uh, um defending any any positive aspect any positive set you want to throw his way let's just shower him in praise i got <laughs> i got another statistic for you i have never lost at 170 pounds i've 
only lost at catch weights or I've, I've you know the two losses I have I fought Munir at a at a catch weight mm-hmm. on five days notice um, and then that fight where the guy came in twenty four pounds over. That's right. Um, you so, also never lost a fight where on the same card Mike Perry has missed weight by over five pounds. <laughs> that is true. That is very true. I, I love fact. this. I love this one stuff because we could make up just a bunch of stats. About I mean, anything. Like, yeah. You know the UFC loves statistics, so it's like we can just come up with a with an accumulation of just ridiculous stats, and then maybe we can pass them on and have the guys reading them out. You know, as I'm, I'm warming up in the ring. You know what I mean? Hey, I got a plane ride tomorrow, and so and and the layover. So in those times, I'll just be <laughs> typing on, on my notes page. We'll get every single stat imaginable for you, Mister Mister Plane the Coffin. That's It'll awesome. <laughs> Where are you headed? Where are you headed um, for Thanksgiving? You know, of course, uh, Boise, Idaho. Um, that's where I'm living now. But I'm visiting awesome. my parents back home in Northern California. Of course. Uh, okay. Hopefully, cool. I'm, luckily, they miss me at least a little bit. So. Oh, nice. God, spend Thanksgiving. It'll be good to see the family, have some food. My Make sure you're wearing your mask indoors, though, right? Indoors. Um, can't be outside <laughs> after 10. Oh, um, my or before five i think just a spite i might go for a run before five o'clock Who knows? but don't let corona catch you on your run okay because as long as you're in that time frame where corona can't get you at that time you know well, what I the mean? thing is it, it motivates me i will run th- i will outrun corona <laughs> yeah there you go I'm go to the fast. stay stay near mountains and snow it, they don't like that it worked for me so hey it worked for you oh damn there's there's a hill that goes goes over train tracks. I will try that. <laughs> Hit that hill, brother. Hit that hill. Hit that hill. You keep hitting people in the UFC. This has been Sasha Plinikov. Ladies and gentlemen, check him out everywhere. We, we'll link his Twitter. We'll link his uh, Instagram. Dominoes, at us, please. John Shelby, at us, please. Uh, because not only do we want sponsorships, I want to be a part of the marketing team because we will only make you better. I need Sasha getting free pizza for every fight. I need knockout, free pizza for knockouts. Anything you can do, let's make this happen. But let's ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check him out everywhere. If you don't know who he is, if you didn't know who he is, now you definitely know who the hell he is. He's a man that's going to fight. He's a man that is going to weather storms. He's a man that's going to knock people out and collect that extra 50 Gs, baby. And we will catch you in your next fight. Can't wait for that. Too bad it's not going to be this year. Uh, hey, maybe someone pulls out. Who knows? Let, let's not. Let's not. Yeah. Dash Fingers crossed. Yet. Fingers, Fingers hey, crossed. Hey, UFC 256 is still, is still coming up. That's a really good time. Get yourself on another pay-per-view, of course. Uh, but go. we'll look. We'll, we'll watch in high, um, in high anticipation for your next fight. Of course, we'll stay in touch. We might have to get this man on the show again. Uh, because hey, you said I was the first, so I'm going to use it and I'm going to abuse it. Okay, absolutely. It's gonna be the first, and I'm sure not the last. Um, feel free to uh, if you've got if you ever want time to talk about stuff and see how things are going. You're always uh, always more than welcome to mess with me. Never uh, never feel that you can't do that. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, um, okay. Hopefully you don't regret that. You give me an inch, I will take a mile, and that is <laughs> a promise that I can That's make awesome. to you. I'm a man of my word. Hey, me too. <laughs> All right, Sasha. Have um have a great evening where you are. Uh, hopefully you get uh hopefully your nap didn't mess you up too much. Hopefully you can actually go to sleep now because I know sometimes that, that that's how that happens. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. thank you so much for listening to the very end of this. Make sure to check us out over um ww.thefourthlong.com, Twitter, Instagram. I think we have a Facebook. I hardly use it um because Facebook's for not my demographic. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> 
Um, and, and then check out our store, all of our merch, special promo code elite. You get free shipping and everything for our uh, Black Friday and roll into Cyber Monday deals. So that's what we do here. Um, go bother Domino's. Just keep adding them. Yeah. And with that being said, we'll catch you guys in the next one.